All right, welcome to the Nitty Gritty. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. We had a we had a good time. We invited a couple of our favorite guests to come back. Uh, Corey family reunion. Yeah, family reunion. Corey Stevens from Taft and Bess Pearson of uh, Aptive. Aptive. Why was I almost <laughs> going to say adaptive? <laughs> anyway, we uh, you know just like everybody, we're we're kind of having a hard time. Um, or I guess the best way to put it is we want to just kind of share our thoughts and feelings and, and get get some stuff out about Kobe. And we realized that there was a lot more to Kobe than just the basketball side. So we thought we would invite a few of our previous guests that had kind of the same love and appreciation for him that, that we do. Like crazy ties. Like they look yeah. up to him like lifelong. Like it's not just like a casual thing, right? right? It's not just a fan of a basketball player. Yeah. I mean, it's really a kind of a role model to these guys. And and we just kind of wanted to relate everything that we've seen and heard and felt. Um, well, and hopefully like whether you know or didn't know who Kobe is. Right. That's the Or if you were a basketball have. fan or weren't, are or not, like I feel like. This wasn't for basketball fans. No, for sure it's not. Like right. we're, it's not just a bunch of dudes sitting around talking about basketball, yep. even though kind of. It was well. I mean, basketball's <laughs> what Dude's he did, right? About but I mean, I think we loved we loved the competitive side of him. Yeah. But I think the part we respected the most was the husband and the father. Yeah, that he's become, and so it. There's a lot of really cool stuff to talk about that really has nothing to do with basketball. So. Yeah. So I mean, if you see the title, you hear this, and you're like, "Oh, I'm out." Just give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. And then something else really cool that you may or may not have noticed: we have new intro music. So oh, we do. So our brother-in-law Trey wrote okay. an original song. My origi- cousin, my your, first cousin. Yep, he's our brother-in-law, <laughs> and he's my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that um, he wrote an original song that we're now using for our intro, which That's is awesome. super cool. So I didn't know we were starting that this week. Yep. So Trey's new music is going to be our our theme music now for Nitty Gritty. So very cool. Check out Trey um, and, and our mics. We have better equipment now. It's just a whole week of improvement. That's right. We're getting better, just like Kobe. That's right. Hey, I yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Hug everybody a little bit tighter this week. I think we all felt it. Um, and I think that's what you'll get from this episode is just yeah, I hope you how important it. your people are and, and how we got to keep them close. So, yep. Hope, yep, I hope you like it. All right. We have a, a very... I don't know what the word is to describe this episode that we're about to do today. The only thing I'll say is, well, we'll introduce it. We're going to do kind of a, a Kobe tribute episode. So we're going to talk about the tragedy that happened. By the time we listened to it, it's been almost a week of Kobe and his daughter and the seven others who, who died in the, in the helicopter crash. And all I'm going to say is we don't have any kind of structure for this like we normally don't but even if you don't like kobe if you don't know who kobe is i want to invite you to listen because i think you're going to hear that he was much more than a basketball player and the impact goes well beyond what he did on the floor um but before we jump in it's kind of fun we have a little family reunion almost with some former guests and we have a whole bunch of la to the core in fact, we have Cam sitting here in his Kobe jersey. 5XL. <laughs> Authentic. But really quickly, we'll introduce, and I thought it was also interesting because, and we'll get into this, I'm the only one right here who wasn't 
an LA native who hasn't loved Kobe since birth. Um, but real quick, why don't we like Cam introduce, like when did you first, like when's your first memory of Kobe? Like when did you become a Kobe fan? I mean, I grew up a Lakers fan. I mean, I grew, I grew up down there. And so, um, I mean, I remember the Magic Johnson, Kareem, Byron Scott, James Worthy days. But when he came, that was a big deal. Like the high school thing. Who's the other guy? Sean Kemp. He was another high school guy. But it was just everybody kind of had their eyes on him. And it's funny, like the shoes I'm wearing today, I bought them just because the only signature shoe I ever bought was his rookie shoe. Well, I guess it's a second year shoe, but um, yeah, I mean, for a kid to come out of high school and have that much impact on everybody was a big deal. And it totally kind of rekindled my, I mean, him and Shaq, obviously, yeah. I love Shaq, but kind of rekindled my love of the Lakers that I had as a little kid. So yeah. And then we have Corey invest with us. So Corey, real quick, why don't you talk about Corey who? Corey. Corey Stevens. Oh, sorry. Listeners, you know. <laughs> I, sorry, I was. Everyone's on a first name basis. Right. So I'm Corey Stevens. I grew up in Burbank, California. So born there and went to high school there and then moved up to Utah uh, for college. But for me, you know, I was, I'm a little younger than both. Of, all. I guess I'm like five or six years old, younger than you too. So you're only 30. I'm, uh, yeah. So I turned oh. 31 tomorrow, but, uh, for me, you know, I wasn't super aware I, I'm obsessed with sports, but for me, it was more like he was a present in my childhood in a way that it was like, he was part of the foundation. Not like I would watch, I would watch a game here and there. Like it was what we talked about on the playground. Every time we shot, it was him. I remember when the Kobe twos came out and like a few of my buddies had the Kobe twos and, uh, it was just this, like, he was a, a what I thought was a permanent part of my childhood. And I think that's why it's been so tough for me because I didn't view him as temporary. I didn't view him as something that could go away. I viewed him as like immortal fixed part of my childhood. And so I'm like, pretty shook with this and like here we are you know four or five days later and i'm still really struggling really emotional and so i'm gonna try and get through this today <laughs> yeah i mean i think it was jimmy fallon who's like when he was talking about what happened he's like i thought you was gonna live forever yeah you know he's like that's just you met kobe i mean th those two have a funny story of how they met but that was a great story <laughs> yeah the beer runs. yeah <laughs> You know, but it's like, yeah, he was going to live forever. I think that's, I think that's how everyone just kind of yeah. felt, right? Because you have this larger than life person who's got to always be around. Yeah, I envisioned him like in the jack, the jack floor side seats. You know, when he's old, and you know, Jack will just have to keep those seats, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Vess, what about you? Man, nineteen ninety six. Oh, you have the year. Yeah, I I just remember when Jerry West pulled off the trade where we sent Vladi Divox mm -hmm. for Kobe Bryant. And I, that's actually when I became a Jerry West fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and ever, and ever since, Co since 1996, uh, Kobe has been more than just a, a person that I like to watch play basketball or that I was learning from. Uh, like you, Corey, I, I've almost been embarrassed how affected I've felt and I'm kind of moping around the house and 
And it's just because Kobe, although I never met him, like I, I felt like I was, he was my friend, which just speaks to the power of who he was, that some, some Corona boy never met him, never spoke to him, never was in the same, well, I was in the same building as him a couple times. He certainly didn't know my name, but he felt like a friend because I knew everything about him. I wanted to be like him in so many ways uh, because since 1996, the, the words Kobe Bryant have come out of my mouth most weeks of my life in some way. So it's pretty shocking at this point. What is it about, I don't know if it's sports in general, that allow us to get this type of connection with someone that we've never met before. You know what I mean? I've thought a lot about that because as, as I've tried to, as I've tried to figure out why it was so impactful to me, I mean, I've had people say, well, why aren't you affected by the deaths of soldiers or why aren't you affected by the deaths of other things or other people? And the honest truth is I don't have an answer for that. You know, like, is there something about sport or sports that allow us to kind of connect with someone on a different level? I don't know. What do you guys think? The, the gospel of Kobe Bryant, if you will, um, the, you know, Mamba mentality, which the whole world knows that, that phrase now, it's so relatable. Although there's nothing about my basketball game, and Andrew knows this, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is relatable to, to Kobe Bryant so much of what he taught, I can emulate, I can strive for, I can go for, you know, obsessiveness, attention to detail, just working when other people are not working, grittiness. And that just formed a connection to where it's like, okay, I can't jump like you, shoot like you, move like you, but man, I can try to think like you. And I can apply that into business and I can apply that with family. And so it made him feel relatable uh, to me, even though we are very different human beings uh, physically. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think for me, you know, sports have always been an escape for me. And Kobe filled my childhood with some of the most memorable things that ever happened. You know, he was always in my living room with my family. We were jumping up and down. You know, he was just always a part of my life. And, uh, you know, it's, I feel silly at, at how much it has affected me. I mean, I immediately broke down. It was like it was a family member. I, I'm struggling to sleep at night. I keep thinking it's going to be fake. Um, you know, I shared, you know, especially with, the, with social media, you know, as social, when he first started, you know, joined the league at 17, social media wasn't really a thing at all. Um, but now I've watched him grow up as he's had really active social media accounts. And I've, I've seen him as a father. I watched him retire. I watched him recover, recover from an Achilles injury. Like I got to watch that. And, uh, you know, I've sought after sports through my own kind of personal struggles, and it's always been this really special thing. And Kobe was a part of that from when I was a little kid. And so it's, you know, it's just been devastating. I think it's, you know, like you referenced soldiers. Kobe, if you think about it, we, 
I mean, we all got to watch him longer than, I mean, he was in the NBA longer than he wasn't in the NBA, right? I heard that with Colin Coward today. And so you do, in essence, feel like you grow up with him, right? Like, I think for, we'll say your generation, Corey, because we're 10 years apart, but like, he was your Michael Jordan. You know, I think kids now have LeBron, right? Where they've been in since they were, you know, he's 17 years old, and he just kind of feels like there's the NBA, and then there's Kobe up here. But more than that, I don't know if it was his background or what, but I don't think there's many players that can relate with the kid from the hood, you know, South Central LA and the 40 year old white dude in Utah, you know, cause he just, he was so relatable to just about everybody. I mean, how many languages did he speak? Yeah. You know, like he, when he, when he got on camera, especially as he got a little older, it was a lot of inspirational stuff and, it almost felt like he had some sort of like mission or message that he wanted to get out well, he that was did. way beyond basketball. Yeah. And this week has been really interesting. I told my wife last night, like my wife doesn't watch sports uh, and she's been messed up by this thing. And I, I was talking yesterday that I don't know that I've seen the country this unified and love for something since nine 11. As crazy as that is, it's almost like everyone's a big happy or not happy family, just a big family, and they're all we're all just kind of trying to comfort each other, all because of one. I mean, not one guy, but you know what I mean. Like it is such a. It's almost like it had to cement the message. I don't know. Like the it feels like their hat, like him passing, because it wasn't like he did something stupid. You know, we lose people young. Michael Jackson, um, Skip Bayless was saying this, uh, Elvis. You know, but they all did something, you know, whether it be drug or something kind of whatever. But he, this was just straight out of nowhere. Disaster. And, I mean, he has flown. He's been flying a helicopter to work since the 90s. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. And so it just feels like there's something bigger going on. And I think the response of not just our country, but the whole world. Yeah. Like sometimes it's comforting to think that, man, maybe got like, maybe we needed to come together for something right now. And that's probably one of the few people on this earth that really could do that. As crazy as that is. I've had the exact same thoughts that, um, Without tragedy, without Kobe and his daughter going out this way, there's someone dies of old age. They're just their lives just are not looked into right. with with the same intensity as when there is tragedy surrounding it. And so, such a good point. Like you, you, you spend don't so much time them. looking at him. Like to our point, I've spent probably every waking hour either watching a Kobe interview or listening to a podcast or going back through his stuff. You know what I mean? That's a great point, Vess. And you, you just, it, it would have never happened had he not gone out this way. And so if there's any silver lining, it's the unification right. of people. It's, it's that his message is more known now than it probably would have ever been. Yeah. But man, I heard my friend put out on Facebook and I, I couldn't agree more. He's like, I feel like there was just a glitch in the universe. Huh. Like 
this wasn't supposed mm-hmm. yeah. to happen. You know, people say things happen for a reason. Well, <laughs> he's like, I don't know about that with this one. Yeah. So for me, it's interesting because like, so I have a terrible memory. Like my whole family can attest to it, but I'll never forget where I was. Like, so we were in St. George. I was walking out of our hotel to pack up our kids to drive back home. And I'm on a group text with a couple of buddies, Brett Munson. Oh yeah. Sends me a text with a TMZ cover shot that Kobe had died. And like my first reaction was, no, that's, there's no way. Like that's not true. And then stuff started coming out and coming out. And then the next thing I heard was his whole family was on the helicopter. All of his daughters were there. And I saw all these rumors start flying around. And then I was still kind of like, like if all of these things are coming out, maybe it's still not true because there's so many different stories out yeah. there. Well, that's TMZ to start with. Right. You know, but then it's funny. Like the one that kind of cemented it was Woj from ESPN. Yeah, when I saw Woj, I was like, Woj wouldn't mess around with like a superstar death. Nope. I knew it was real when Woj put it out there. And as soon as that happened, like Shaq said it, like, He's like, I haven't felt the pain that sharp in a long time. And like, it hit me on a level that I don't know that much ever has. Like, I'm not a very emotional guy. I'm just not like, I can legit tell you in the last 15 years, how many times I've cried once. Dang dude. You know, that'd be nice. Literally like once. I'm like, what was it? Titanic? Huh? Rudy Titanic. What was it? No, it was something that happened at work. Um, so Andrew, I want you to finish, but I've cried twice um, in the last fifteen years. Corey, One of them is Kobe's story. I'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I'm not an emotional guy, and so the fact that it would affect me on that level was eye-opening to me because legit. So that whole first day, like, I found myself fighting back tears, like fighting them because I'm like, I'm not going to cry over this. Like, it's Kobe. Like, I don't need to cry over this. Well, in your social media reservation, like, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast a lot. Sorry to cut you off, but what you wrote on social media, that's a big deal for you. Like social media is kind of, I mean, for the podcast, it's not hard, but for you personally, you know, you, you don't really worry about it that much. So for you to get so like open and heartfelt, like when I read that, that's when I knew I was like, whoa, this is a big deal for you. Yeah. Like. So I got home from St. George and we just, obviously I think everyone, the TV's on, you're glued, you're going through all the different coverages and watching all the stories. And there, like, seriously, there's something inside of me. I was like, I just have to write. I don't know what it was. I don't, I can't explain it. So I pulled out my laptop and I have three pages wow. of just, I was trying to Dang. get onto paper what I was feeling. And I was trying to almost like justify why I was feeling it because I was like, like we've had family deaths yeah. in the last 15 years. We've had tragic life. We've, we've experienced a lot, but I've always, I've always been able to, I don't know, manage it differently. But this one, that whole night I was fighting back tears, fighting back tears. I didn't cry the first day. The second day I woke up thinking, Oh, this is fake. Like I, I fully expected to wake up and see a story like, Oh, sorry, we're wrong you know, and then it hit. And I, I think, I don't know why it is. I know one of the, one of the things that gets the most is 
like Kobe is known for his mentality, his ability to push through anything. I mean, the dude tore his Achilles, stood up, made two free throws and walked off the court. I mean, that is unbelievable. I mean, he's been able to mentally push through everything. And like, I literally can picture myself inside of the helicopter as it's going down. Like I can imagine myself sitting in there. Wow. With my kid and you have Kobe who's been able to do everything. What is he telling his daughter? Like, what do you tell your kid when you've always been able to say it's going to be okay? I got this because it's always been true. You know, at that point, I think that's when it just hit. Like, I don't know. Like, that's when it just got so heavy, like seeing all the pictures of him and Gigi together and like the time that he was spent. And then, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's kind of when I can get into a little bit of a a dark place myself because I've tried to replay that scene as well. And I'm like, okay, if I'm Kobe, am I... Am I telling Gigi, hey, like, get out of your seatbelt. We've got 15 seconds left together, and I just want to hold you, and I just want to feel that, you know, for the for the final seconds of our lives. Or I was also thinking, well, Kobe might have been saying, no, stay in your seatbelt. We're gonna we're gonna make it through this thing. Like, I want you safe. We're gonna fight. So stay in your seatbelt. Hey, here's my hand. Let's hold hands. You know, we've got this. Um, but yeah, as a father, it's it's pretty challenging to, to replay, you know, those, those seconds. Um, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I, I just hope there, you know, I just imagine that last glance or something, you know, I just hope it was really sudden and unexpected. Yeah. Well, and the fact that it was Gigi of all the kids too, like it was kind of Kobe jr. Right. Like they had, you could just see it in pictures. And I, and I, I'll be honest, I had no idea. Like that's not a part of like, since Kobe left, I have watched maybe five basketball games. Like the NBA, I, th- this is helping me seeing this other side of the current NBA athletes is actually really helping me. Cause I love like basketball has always been my second favorite sport behind hockey. And I kind of felt like, since he left and Shaq, like just, I don't know. I just, I have a hard time relating to it, but so I never really paid attention to the Gigi part, like how much, how similar she was. And then, then to learn like what he was doing for women's sports. Um, it, it just makes it almost, I mean, how do you make Kobe's death more impactful I, that she might be the only way I, to make I, it even sure. more impactful. Yeah. Cause it's like, we lost not only him, but really the person we could kind of relive yeah. that connection with again, you know, yeah. as she went to college and WNBA and I mean, she could have been kind of the person that really, really takes the WNBA into kind of the main mainstream who know, And so it's, but, but, you look at the effect that it's having on so many influential people. And that's why I think how it happened, you know, who knows why we need it right now. 
or, you know, maybe what God was thinking. Um, but when you have guys like Shaquille O'Neal saying, I got to change, like, yeah. I, I got to say, I'm sorry. I got to love people harder. I got to, I've got to like, I've got to do things different. And you have all these people saying the same thing and it, it's just spreading so much yeah. love like wildfire and athlete or person into sports or not. My wife could care less about sports. And we've talked more about this Kobe thing than anything I can remember. Well, cause it's so much more than Kobe, but right. that's, you brought us something. I had a question for you guys. Has this made you guys do anything differently? Have you done anything differently since Sunday, since it happened? Cried more than normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason I ask that is because like true impact and Kobe talks about this, like true impact is inspiring someone else to do something. Right. So it's like, as sad as this thing has been Kobe, it's like, you'll, you know how impactful it is if someone changes their behavior because of it, you know, like when you hear a message or you meet someone in it, it gets to you in such a way, it literally changes a piece of you and it changes what you do. Right. Right. For me, I'd say, uh, like this morning when I was leaving the house, you know, I, I, I just, I hugged my daughter goodbye. I hugged my baby goodbye. Last night, as I, as I get the kids to sleep, it's like, you know, Vanessa would do anything oh. to have Gigi wake up in the middle of the night bugging her that her she has a tummy ache, you know? And so for me, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about some big picture stuff with, with work and with my business and stuff, but for me, what it has done is like, like this morning I gave my daughter a real, a real big hug. And cause it's like, when you say goodbye, like one time it's going to be, you know, and, and Kobe didn't know that. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I'm just thinking about that a lot. Yeah. Man. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. For me, I, I think I've just been more in a processing mode. I, I can't say that any of my, uh, behaviors have changed. Um, I guess I've been brushing up on my Mamba mentality. <laughs> I, I never got an MBA, but I'm trying to get a master's in Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that that's wow, what MBA and Mamba thing. Like you could really do something with that. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. And, and so, you know, there's just been so many cool lessons. Like I, I was listening to an interview Last night, like I've done every night, you know, since Sunday night, and, and Kobe's talking about how I would never change the past. Mm -hmm. I would never do redos. Why would I want to do a redo? The pain that I feel when I mess up, that's why I'm great today. If I had, I never felt that pain before, I couldn't do what I did. Why would you ever want to redo? No, embrace everything that's happened. It, it's it's face all it, of, right? And face, face it. it. Yeah. That's this big thing. Like film, face it, know what you did wrong appreciate it and learn exactly and so what have i done i've been honestly i've been writing a kobe textbook <laughs> more or less right exactly just like that of things that i want to remember of things that i still want to learn and i, I think that's the hardest part for me is man i i valued his career and that was so fun but as i've watched him post-career win an academy award 
Yeah, that was crazy. Come up with detail. The uh, if you haven't watched that on oh, ESPN so Plus, it is it is incredible. He's got Granite Studios. He's got you know he's coaching his daughter. Um, you know, pushing the the WNBA. Like I was legitimately as excited for Kobe post career as his actual career. And so I just feel like we're all missing out yeah. on, on something like the education wasn't done. Kobe was going to be so much more than just a basketball player or just an athlete. He knew it, the world knew it and now we're going to miss out on it. And that sucks. It really sucks. I like we don't have that. Like Michael Jordan sucks at it. I hate to say it. Yeah. We don't have a real true, like elder statesman that, everybody loves respects and is just glued to well no i even asked the question like if if mj would have if, if they would have swapped places would it have been the same no and it's no. not it's not it's no disrespect to mj right you know and that goes to what you're saying Vess. because for me for me i don't miss kobe on the court like I don't like I watch because well, you're a jazz fan. I do miss that shot. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but it, 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 no, but it's true. I'm right. a jazz fan. Like I grew up hating Kobe, you know, like I remember in the Western conference finals, Kobe airballs three shots to tie or win the game. I'm like, <laughs> yes. You know, like I, I remember the poor that, guys, 17 I, or 18. Or I remember oh, that man. moment. You right. know what I mean? Did you watch the post game conference though? Yes. And they asked him, he's like, they were great shots. I just missed them. Wasn't that amazing? <laughs> awesome. At a 17 year old. And it, it didn't phase him. It didn't phase him. Not, there was no regret. There was no, my bad. He was like, dude, they were great shots. Just missed them. He's like onto the next. That's yeah. one of my favorite moments of Kobe's career. That press. Yes. Conference. It's amazing. You know, like, I didn't appreciate it then like I appreciate it now. Right. But to your point, Vest, about Kobe, his after career, it's like Kobe 2.0, that is what, like in my letter to him, as cheesy as that was, like I said, like... I don't think it was cheesy. Like, Stop saying that. Like I had this evolution of hatred, secret fandom, because <laughs> I didn't want anyone to know that I was a fan of Kobe. Kind of like a Trump supporter. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him online, but I vote for him in exactly. polls. Yeah. Right in the booth. You know, like yes. cheer for him, hate it, but then it's like, oh gosh, okay, good. Right. So like, is pretty low right know, now. To start the evolution of becoming a fan, enjoying what he did. And honestly, I enjoyed what Kobe did more his last year than I did when he was winning all of his MVPs and all of his awards. Oh, the way he went out was amazing. You know? And then he dropped 60. Oh, man. Against the Jazz. Yeah. Well, they're not very good. Shut up. I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, but like, but here's what, here's what happened with me. Like I totally found myself in Kobe as I really started to dissect him as I started to see him as more than a player and more than stats. As I started to see what he did into camp's point of how intentional he was in the message I mean, his whole thing, like as I've gone back, literally I can't count how many videos and interviews in the last week I've listened to of his. And it's been awesome. He literally has become a hero of mine because of his message. Everything has been about motivating the next generation. Everything he's done is about leaving everything better than the way he found it. He's every bit as good of a human being as he is a basketball player. And that's crazy. You know? Yeah. And, and, but it's been an evolution, right? He's had some hiccups along the way. Well, just like, just like everybody does, right. right? Like everyone's had their ups and their downs. Right. 
and there are people that can't and won't see him differently and that's on them sure you know but to see him and then for me more than anything where my number one respect for kobe was is to see him as a dad like i thought that he was the most amazing father to his children to his girls it's been mind-blowing you you see it when they don't know that the cameras are on obviously now i'm paying attention to every interaction between mm. kobe and gigi and you see secret handshakes and when uh-huh. when gigi looks at her dad oh man you can just see the love and honestly highlights of kobe you know game winners that that, that emotionally is not affecting me it's the stuff when I see him interact with his daughter, specifically Gigi, and just the admiration and respect, that's what gets me. And it's also amazing. You see Kobe in Gigi, her mannerisms, her piercing oh, yeah. eye contact, or, yeah, eye contact, just her swagger on the court, the way that she looks at him when, she's, when he's coaching her up in a huddle. That's, I'm with you, that's where my admiration has gone through the roof because I didn't know that, Kobe, until probably the last year and a half when he's been real active on social media showing family life. Well, and part of it is when he retired, he stepped away from the game. You didn't see Kobe. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of the greats do. As soon as they retire, they all kind of get out of the spotlight. They go away a little bit. But as soon as Gigi wanted to come back to the game, he was there. All of a sudden, Kobe sit in front you know, front row at all of these games and you see him, Kobe learning Slovenian to talk trash to Doncic. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And you see like the, then you see the picture of their secret handshake when Kobe's about to throw the ball in and he puts his hand behind his back and gives a little high five to Gigi who's sitting in front row, you know, as a little girl, like that kind of stuff. And there's an interview with Kobe and, um, was it Jimmy Kimmel? We had the video of it. We can, but have you, yeah, have you guys seen that one? where people would come up to Kobe and they would be like, Oh, Kobe, you need to have a son. Like someone needs to follow in your footsteps. Someone needs to, you know, do that. And Kobe's like, Gigi would be there. And she'd be like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, I got it. I got this, you know? And to your point, like that was Kobe. I mean, it was Kobe. Oh my gosh. It was him. And seeing that relationship and then just seeing all the different stuff that he did. And what's been fun is, as people have kind of paid their respects to him, all of these stories of things that he was doing outside of the spotlight because he was genuine. You know, the Kobe haters can say, oh, there's these people who say he was the worst teammate ever. He was this and he was that. But Derek Fisher actually said something and he was like, if he was such a bad teammate, how come after all of these years, we all have such a strong relationship? Yeah. You know, like, it's you, you can't fake it yeah kobe is a teammate he he was he was a tough teammate because his loyalty was to winning his loyalty was to truth there is truth when it comes to how basketball should be played and i think sometimes people misinterpret kobe being hard on a teammate and expecting more as him being a bad teammate. Well, leaders don't pander. Leaders set a standard and they hold you accountable. And Kobe was elite at that. So other other people that can take it like a Derek Fisher, like a Rick Fox, who took a lot of heat from Kobe, you know, 
um, they, they respect it. The best story is one game when the Lakers suck towards the end of the year and Lou Williams and Nick Young, um, they said after a game, Kobe comes into the locker room, takes all their yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you guys Kobe's. are too soft to wear my Kobe's. You can't wear my shoes. <laughs> yeah, yep. they were all, they were I didn't know that story. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so they were wearing Kobe's. He comes in, he just takes them. It's like, you guys can't wear my shoes. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Well, another another one from Rick Fox, he he told a story about how, I don't I don't know how bad Kobe shot, but it's something like 17 for like 47 or something. And the reporter's, basically said like kobe like what's up like why weren't you distributing the ball and kobe's like well i thought that me guard being guarded by five people there was a greater likelihood of me making the shot than any of my teammates <laughs> so then so then the next the next morning at team at the team meeting rick stands up and is like dude kobe like how could you how could you say that like what what's up with that and rick's getting mad and and Kobe's like, and this kind of speaks to his honesty. It's like, Rick, I don't know why you're getting mad. That's how I felt. I'm just being honest. Yeah. And yeah, that, 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 that's an unnatural thing for most of us to think or say. But Kobe's mindset was at another level. And right or wrong, that type of self-belief, that can take you places oh. in life. Yeah, for me, Vess... I, I realized his like the the respect for the purity of the game during the uh, the Vegas All Star Game when uh, everyone was playing like really crappy basketball and he just went all out the whole game yes. and destroyed them all and uh, everyone was like you know we've been in Vegas for a few days what's your problem why are you playing all out like why are you actually playing defense in an All Star game. But Kobe, Kobe respected the game, and he's like, if I am on this court, there's one way to play, and I don't care about the culture. I don't care about the camaraderie right now. Like, I'm here to play basketball. I don't care who you are. I don't care what the scenario is. I'm playing ball all out, and that's just what he did his whole life. I mean, there are so many countless stories of guys being inspired by him, but like a peek into some of his mentalities, things that I've learned about him. Like, one, I think he's one of the most brilliant minds that we've ever had. He just, his, his artistic ability was through basketball. But what's crazy is like all the stuff you've seen since, but like they talked about, he was on an interview and it said in 2008, when they lost to the Celtics, um, he's like the last two minutes, they played this song by journey. He's like, Oh, I hate that song. But he's like, I played that song every day for the next two years. So it didn't bug me anymore. <laughs> wow. You know, like he was like fanatical about getting over stuff. And then another D Wade and Derek Fisher were telling a story about later in the career, they, they were playing Miami and D Wade was like, I was guarding him. And every time he shot, I would bump his wrist. He's like, I didn't get called for a foul once. And Kobe had a terrible night. He's like, I got him. And D Fisher's, yeah, I remember that night. He's like, do you remember what happened next? <laughs> Kobe, after the game, goes back on the – they're in Miami. He goes back out to the floor with an assistant coach and says, hit my wrist every time I shoot. Yep. So we went back out to practice those shots. D. Wade, someone tells D. Wade. So he's like, uh-uh. So D. Wade and LeBron change back into their workout back into their workout clothes because they're like, no, we can't be shown up by this guy. Like, <laughs> if he's going to work extra, we're going to work extra. So they went back out to put in work, and he's like – yeah, we still left before Kobe left that night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. You know, like his, 
his unbelievable determination. And he took that everywhere after like, I mean, the man won an Oscar a year after retiring. He became a New York time bestselling author. You know what I mean? Like there's so much to him that I wish as bad as the tragedy is, maybe it's going to give everyone an excuse to pay more attention to him, to really look and peel back some of the layers that was Kobe. Right. Um, I mean, do you guys have one main thing that you would say that like when you think of Kobe that either reminds you of him or maybe the one thing that you've taken from him? Hmm. One thing that, that is a, uh, that is, that is a tough, that is a tough, uh, question. I will tell you, and this is probably the most talked about moment of, of Kobe's, um, career, but the year that he ruptured his Achilles tendon, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Lakers made a late push to make the playoffs. Um, and Kobe was playing 48 minutes yeah, a game at that yeah. point to the point, like the coach, it was, um, D'Antoni, he would beg Kobe to come out of the game. He's just like, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. Well, you know, eventually it gets the best of him and he ruptures his Achilles but what's really interesting is, yeah, he ruptures his Achilles, and you see the video of him reaching down. Ugh. He actually says in that moment, he, he was trying to pull his Achilles down as though he could, like, repair Ugh. it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He stands up. We know the story. He makes free throws, and those were important free throws, and he walks off the court. Okay, the toughness is incredible. The toughness is inspiring. That's actually not my favorite part of the story. My favorite part of the story is that despite that disappointment, he knew the media and the fans wanted to hear from him. Most stars, when they have an injury like that, there's no interview post-game. Kobe did the, con- the, the, the post-game news conference, which for me meant a ton. It, it showed you his character. It showed you that he cared about the fans. We wanted an update. We wanted to know. It showed that he was vulnerable. He cried. He said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to come back from this, but I'm going to work. And the fact that he did that, that post-game news conference for me just taught me so much about that man. Yeah, the toughness of shooting the free throws and walking on an Achilles, that's awesome. But to face the media after that type of disappointment and do it with class and humility. I won't ever forget that. That's crazy. For me, it'd be, uh, it's actually a video that I, I hadn't watched before until he passed away, but it's the video where I think it's, uh, is it a rod interviewing him? And he's, yeah. he's about ta- the helicopter. Ta- yeah. Talking about why he flew helicopters mm-hmm. and, it wasn't like it had nothing to do with uh, the glamour, even the convenience, the speed. It was just, I want to spend more time with my family. And so I, I fly in helicopter. Sure. There's like some physical benefits. His body was banged up. Driving is tough on his legs and his, you know, his Achilles and everything. But like the fact that he went to great expense to fly in a helicopter so that he could have, you know, an hour or more, you know, maybe one say, or two hours, two to three hours a day. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I haven't driven in that traffic in a while. Yeah. Four Oh five. Like, Oh, well, he talked about it. He said his routine was he would wake up at four 
in the morning. He would do his weights and his shots. He would take his kids to school every morning. He would then go into the, get on a helicopter, go into work, do his thing, work out, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's like, what, what the turning point was is when he was driving home, he would get stuck in traffic and he missed a play. He missed one of his kids' plays. He's like, that can't happen. You know, he's like, I'm on the road enough for road trips. That, right. Like me being in the car with my kids is invaluable. So he started doing the helicopter because he wanted to be, and he jokes about it. It's like, I want to be first in line to pick my kids up from school. He's like, and if I'm second, I'm freaking pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm going to get there an hour early because I want to be first in line to pick up my kids. Cause he's like that 20 minute drive home. You don't know how many of those you're going to have, you know? And so everything he did was so methodical but it was always centered around family. You know, like everything was centered around like, how can I spend more time with my kids? And what's funny, Vess, is when he told me that story, when I was listening to that story, it reminded me like if in our interview, you know, we talked about like work-life balance and how that's a farce and all that kind of stuff, you know, but you like the one negotiable for me is I got to be home to put my kids to bed. And I don't know if subconsciously you did that with Kobe in mind, because I know a lot of your stuff comes from my him, but it totally reminded me of you when I heard that. Like he was like, no, I gotta be in line to pick up my kids from school. Like that's not negotiable. Like if I'm home, I'm picking my kids up from school. You know? That was part of the reason why he he woke he worked out when he worked out. Yeah. I'm gonna work out at three or four in the morning because I'm not gonna take those hours away from my family. Mm-hmm. And that's just a sacrifice he was willing to make and he made and God bless him for it. Yeah. So another one of my favorite things is he did an interview with Lewis Howes. It's one of my favorite podcasts, the school of greatness. And he starts talking about like after he retired, um, like Lewis asked him, what did you do? Like, how did you approach that? Cause everybody always was asking Kobe what he was going to do next. And it's funny, his answer, if you guys know me at all, you know, the go giver, right? The law of value. So I'm going to read, um, so they said, so they're asking Kobe and this is literally what Kobe said. He's like, I asked myself like, what's the biggest industry I can get into? That was the first question that he asked. And then he said, it's not the wrong question. It's the wrong first question. <laughs> right. Literally Kobe Bryant said this, like my all time favorite quote is from the go giver words. It's not, can you make money? That's the wrong first question to ask when you're talking about business. The first question is, where can I provide value? So then Kobe said what he learned was not what's the biggest industry, what do I love to do? And what can I continue to do for people? He's like, and that's when I found storytelling. And that's when I, all of these different things. I mean, just the more I, the more I research and the more I find out about Kobe, the more just, I feel like we are so aligned in what we're trying to do and accomplish and like just his message and his, his, his mission of, you know, making everyone better, you know, everything about him. Like that's why he went, got into storytelling is because he said nothing can move the world like a story. Like that's the only way the world and people will change is it's through story. And that's why he studied story. Like he talked about like his, his, his team, if you will, was Oprah, Tim Cook, and the CEO of Nike. It's a pretty good team to have, you know, but that's what, that's who he surrounded himself with. And that right. just kind of also shows like when he wants to do something, he wants to do it right. You know, it's like, so as, as we go about our lives, like if you're going to do anything, like 
do it the right way. Like if you're going to do it, you might as well do it to the best of your ability. You know, and that's like my message that I'm taking from Kobe is don't ever wait. Don't ever think, oh, I'll get to that. Or this one's not as important. You know, like I'm going to take a game off. I'm going to take a night off. You know, he never did. Yeah, imagine what he would think of load management. Oh my gosh, man, he would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> he would not agree with like guys taking, you know, just games resting. off. Just well, and he's out. Rest. He's he said I don't agree with it. Yeah, yeah. there's stuff out there. Load management. You know, it's crazy. I mean, to think. I wonder what firm thought that one up. Yeah. That sounds like a PR. <laughs> For you sure. Know? For sure. Really, it's just a hangover. But let's uh, call it load management. Yeah. What would you guys hope that? someone who didn't appreciate Kobe as a basketball player would appreciate. Man, for me, the, the interesting thing is, is like I've had a number, I I posted on tap on my business Instagram account about Kobe in the first person. Uh, it affected me that much that like I wanted to write my own kind of note about like, Hey, there's this father in Utah getting his kids to sleep that is like crying at night. And, and he would never, you know, he might never imagine that that would happen. But, you know, I've had a number of people reach out that were like, you know, being here in Utah or like a lot of people from Texas that are here now, like people hated Kobe. Suns fans, Spurs fans, Jazz fans, they all hated him. But they all really respect him. And it it seems like a similar journey to you. Like I'm struggling to find, I mean, there's the few random crazy people that are like, well, remember what he did or, you know, yeah. and I'm just like, dude, shut up, man. He just passed away. I don't want to hear that right. crap. But like 99% of people, whether you liked him or hated him while he was alive, have gotten to this point of like reverence. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. There's a tweet. I'm trying to find it. And it talked about how sport hate isn't real. It's really love. And so like, huh. yeah. Yeah, it's you know, and it's like as as a sports fan, you can hate him, sports hate him, but they're like, that's not real. Yeah. It it's you love the man. Well, who who in who in sports do you hate that sucks at their craft? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. You you just don't care about people that aren't very For good. Me it's Zaza, right? <laughs> <laughs> Zaza, Chulia. Oh, here it is, right here. Yeah, sports hate or hate from afar is never ever real hate. It's misplaced love. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's really good. That's great. You know, for me, you guys are going to think I'm crazy, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll put this out there. I always had a feeling, much like I told you my, my Tiger Woods story, and I always felt like, you know what, I'm going to get to play golf with Tiger Woods. It always just felt that happen. I always felt, and I've told this to a lot of people, my wife, people that work for me, that mine and Kobe's path was going to cross, but not because I hired him to come and speak at my company. I always felt like that was cheating. I felt like it was going to happen naturally, that we would, we would need something from each other, and that I, li- I was fully persuaded of that. Well, that's crazy. Like, there's no reason for me to ever believe something like that, but I only believed it because of Kobe. Kobe taught me to believe that something as crazy as that could actually happen. And if people, if if one thing about Kobe lives lives on with people, I hope it's that he had the ultimate 
ultimate amount of self-belief, but it was backed up by extremely thought out and, and just hard work. You know, that it was, it was not haphazard. It was planned. It was strategic. It was methodical. But you put that with a strong belief in yourself and yeah, the, this, this little Corona nobody could have crossed paths with Kobe Bryant. Wow. I think for me, it's kind of just the husband and father side of him. You know, if you think about it, I mean, he grew up in Italy. He moved to Philly, right? Right before high school. Mm-hmm. That'd be hard. Like, that's not a nice place, right? Like, that's a tough city. And, you know, he's already speaking a couple languages. He, his dad's a pro ball player. But then he's, I mean, the guy's a millionaire at 17 years old. I mean, it what like that kid, that guy really, I think 99% of the world would be a total dick if they grew up like that. Like they would think that they're the God's gift to earth. And so the fact that he went through, you know, the trials that he went through, you know, went through the whole Colorado thing, stayed married, fought for his marriage, had kids, all while being probably one of the top five most revered and recognizable athletes on the planet, has more money than he could spend in 10 lifetimes. Yet he was accessible, you know, he had a message to share. Like he cared. I mean, hearing Shaq talk about the day before or Saturday, he sent a text to his son, mm-hmm. Sharif, when they're just in the gym, like, Hey, what's up, man? Just catching up. Like how many people does he have well, so in his phone? Right. So what's crazy is it's because the son had just said he's going to, he's thinking about leaving UCLA. Oh, so Kobe okay. shot a message back. Are you okay? But I mean, like, how cool up? is that? Yeah, like that he's is- got four kids, a wife, businesses galore right i mean he's he's his schedule must look insane and so for him to be that human and that connected still especially with shaq who yeah the history there yeah like they're brothers but they've had a lot of it it just it speaks to the person and so same with Gigi. like i i think that she grew up in newport beach her dad flies on helicopters to work like the fact that she was dominant and disciplined and loved basketball and just seemed like a happy kid and she was being raised right even in that circumstance. And so there, to me, she is probably the greatest proof. That and his marriage, you know, lasting so long and being so successful, I think it's amazing with, to think what he could have turned into with the life that he's living um, to be where he was now was, I think it's incredible. So for me, that's, it's the family man, it's the dad, it's the friend, um, and the husband that I think is, or some of his greatest accomplishments. Which is so awesome that that's what people are remembering. And most people that are talking about him, they have funny memories that's in the locker room or playing against him. But it all circled back around to that. Like, as much as he loved the game, you knew he loved his family more. You know what I mean? And like, so it's kind of a morbid thing. But I always, I always talk about like, it's an overused word now, and I wish I could think of a better word, but impact. 
Yeah. Like everyone talks about impact. Like in my mind, like the way I've always measured it is like, if you have true impact on someone, they're going to show up to your funeral because that means that they're going to go out of their way to make time to pay their respects to you, even though you're not around, you know, it's like in my mind, it's like, I I think about this, which is kind of weird. How many people are going to come to my funeral? Like, have I had an impact on someone where if they have a work meeting today, they're going to miss it because they're going to, they're going to make sure to be there to pay their respects. And Holy cow across the world. Oh dude. I mean, even at the jazz arena, which was so cool. Like the Kobe number one hatred place, everyone in front of the arena is putting Kobe jerseys down, you know, a little vigil for him, you know, and everywhere, everywhere around the world, just people paying their respect. But it always comes back to him as a person and him as a man, which is funny because if he was in the league 10 years ago, I don't think that would have been said about him. I don't. And I could be wrong because I still probably hated him at that point, (laughs) you know, but I don't know that it would have been appreciated as much if he wouldn't have retired and people wouldn't have seen this other version of him, this other side of him. Um, I agree with that. He's one of the first, you know, superstars to retire at a time where he can be ultra famous after his career Mm -hmm. because of social media. So like LeBron will be the same way. LeBron's going to be crazy famous after he's done playing and we'll do a lot after, but you look at like some of the legends, like, you know, they'll come to the occasional playoff game, but like, they're not, they're not super famous anymore. The young kids wouldn't recognize Bill Russell, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but now like Kobe was the first guy that was even more famous after than when he was playing. And, and that was a new thing for NBA players. And he recognized that and he used it for good rather than just, you know, wasting people's time. And on that note, while he was playing, he was building the Kobe brand, right? He had his own shoes, everything like that. But if you look at everything he's done since he retired, nothing carries. I mean, the mom of Academy does, but everything else doesn't carry his name really. He's building other people. He's building other brands. It's like his ego, he doesn't need it anymore. Right. You know, like Granity Studios, it could have been Kobe Studios, but it's not. You know what I mean? And like all this other stuff that he's doing, I don't know. It's just crazy to think. I mean, even down to like his shoes, like Kobe's shoes are the best shoes ever made. If you go to an NBA game, (laughs) there are more NBA players wearing Kobe's than any shoe and it's not close. No, it's not even. And what's crazy. I pulled up an article on like innovation on Kobe's shoes. He was the first one to innovate on almost everything that the shoe now has. Kobe. Oh, you'll appreciate this. Like he was the first guy to do all of it and he wasn't scared to make mistakes. He like, if you go back through all of the shoes, so my personal favorites, the Kobe six, that's my number one all time favorite shoe. But like the Kobe seven sucked, <laughs> you know, and he learned from it. Right. Didn't go back to it. And then when he tore his Achilles, the nine had like the, yeah, the sock that was attached to the shoe, you know, and flying it. He was one of the first ones to come out flying it on a basketball. Well, shoe. Just low tops in general. He was I the mean, first one to do low tops. Everybody ripped on him for that, you know, but it just shows you that. And he talked about one of his interviews. It was funny because they were making fun of the Kobe moon boot, <laughs> the Adidas shoe. And he even's like, Oh, from that other company, he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't even say Adidas. Kobe twos are kind of <laughs> ugly. <laughs> like they were terrible, but he's like, that's when I had to take control of the design process. And if you w- look at what he's done just with the shoe, like it's the best. He treats ever. it like everything else he does. Yes. You know, he treats everything the same. I mean, it's, it's and crazy. Every, everything in his life was the exact same way. Well, and I would say the NBA over every other league, 
again, I struggle with the NBA. Like, I can't stand some of the athletes in the NBA, but I don't know that there's another league that has a better example for young players well, than how- the NBA with him. Like, Kobe was, would have been so, so beneficial for the young guys now because, you know, they, they all grew up with him. They love him. They respect him. Like LeBron, I've never liked LeBron, but this last week I've completely softened because seeing him, you know, those jerks shooting, you know, video of him crying in the back lot or at the airport, yeah, you know, from the helicopter. So you know no one's watching him. You know it's real, and he's just hugging and, and crying and to hear of their relationships, like what Kobe thought of him has helped me realize, like, you know what? He's probably a pretty good dude, yeah. Because Kobe sure loved him, and it, it's you know kind of treated him as you know the heir. And so, um, how many players are going and working out with Kobe in the summer? Oh, any dude. any superstar right now has said the summer I spent with Kobe was a turning point in my career. Jordan doesn't do that. Bird doesn't do that. Magic doesn't do that. Like they're not working out with all of these guys. Well, you told me to watch that. When he's been Donovan doing it post career, yeah. I mean, he's been doing it recently. Yeah. Like with college kids and even the, like all of his girls' teammates, he's like, I'm helping them with their footwork because he's like, I'm not teaching them how to shoot. I'm teaching them what angle your foot needs to be. I'm teaching them how to look at the posture. He's like, I'm starting with the basics and we'll get, it was sad because he's like, me and Gigi, we have a six year plan and we're on year two. Ugh. You know what I mean? Just everything was planned out. And, but he's like, he had this progression of what he was going to work on with them, you know? And like, yeah, you, Vest, you hit on detail. I mean, when, when that show came out, as a jazz fan, one of the first ones you did was about Donovan. Donovan. Yeah, well, that's that that's good. the one, like, you told me to watch that. Like, and that, I, that, that was crazy. That it gave you a yeah. peek into his brain on how he approached the game and film. Yeah, I'm like a massive, I'm obsessed with sports. I read all the forums and blogs. And when I watched that show, that first that episode I saw on Donovan Mitchell, I was like, I know nothing about basketball. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It I think, blew I think my Donovan mind. felt the same yeah, way. Yeah, Donovan was probably right. like, oh my well, gosh. Well, he said, he's like, I watched it four times. It was a playoff series. He's like, yeah, that night I watched it four times to make sure that I got everything that he was saying. Like, well, listening to Jordan and Kobe go back and forth, I watched a little trash talking video today and their trash talking was like, it was almost like scientific version of basketball. <laughs> like, no, your spacing was all off. Like, no, I felt your legs. I knew what you were doing. Like they were talking about something that, you know, like I'm a Wayne Gretzky's my guy. And that's, if you talk to any hockey player that's ever played against him, they say you would see Gretzky take off. And it was like, is he even paying attention? But he was five to 10 seconds ahead of everybody else. Like he just knew like his, his, his mind, cause he's small, he's slow, but, most dominant player to ever play the game and i don't think anybody will ever pass him but it was his brain it was his mind like he just he loved the game he studied the game and he just knew it better than anybody else yeah and i think that's what i'm the saddest about is we're not going to have that creativity that mind it'd be nice if jordan like i wonder i wonder how they're not the same guy but at the same time no could he he work on the public like he could, but they're not the same. I mean, they did, they do not approach like they're cut from the same cloth being competitive yeah, on the like, floor there. I think they're very much the same, but I feel like with Jordan, it stops at competitiveness mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's so much, there's so much more depth to, to who Kobe 
is, who he wants to be, the way he wants to influence uh, the world. One of the things that kind of bothered me for a while until I finally reconciled is Kobe kept saying things like, well, I don't miss, I don't miss playing basketball. I'm like, what? <laughs> Can you say you don't miss playing basketball? That, that's like swearing to me. <laughs> um, that, that seems so weird to me. Yeah, I don't miss the NBA at all. I, I don't even know. He'd say things like, I haven't even been to an NBA game. And it finally clicked for me where he, when you truly like give everything you've got and you're honest about it, like he was able to fully close that chapter of his life, put a bow on it and say, I've got zero regrets and I don't have to go back to it ever again. And now my focus is, are these things. Yeah. Once I, I started to think about it that way, I'm like, okay, that, that's why he's saying that. And it's been so impressive to me to see him be able to compartmentalize his life yeah. so well. I mean, he said, he's like, if my next 20 years aren't better than my past 20, then I failed. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? To your point about like, yeah. And that's, that's healthy because, I mean, I know a lot of athletes. And I mean, even the kids after college, like, I mean, BYU football players, I know a few of them that just... Living in the past. They're in a, well, they're living in the past, or they're just in a funk. Like, well, that's what, that's I know what defined somebody, them. Right. Like, I know a guy who can't go to a football game because he just misses it so bad, and he just can't play anymore. And, and so, it's, it's, he, he retired so gracefully. I, don't, I can't think of anybody else that went out because he could have played longer, you know? He well, even, anybody would have paid him to stick around. Well, in his retirement thing, he's like, I could have done it. I don't want to. No. And he said, and that's okay. And I think that's like, that was like the most important phrase for me because I think we all carry the shame and judgment of maybe not living to other people's expectations or what they think we should be doing. But he's like, I don't want to. And I don't care what you think because guess what? That's okay. Yeah. And what do you like? What else does he have to prove? Well, on that night, it's funny. He's talking with Rob Palinka. Maybe you guys saw this kind of side it's Rob, um, his agent? interview. Yeah, his yeah, agent, who's now the GM yeah. of, of the Lakers. And Rob says to the kids, so you, you going to school tomorrow? And Kobe's like, yeah, you're going to school tomorrow. You, you're not going to watch your dad put up 60 and then, <laughs> and then you're taking a day off tomorrow because it was going to be late, right? But right. it's like that's just who he was yeah. on task, focused, driven, not taking any days off. It was just a really cool exchange because it wasn't an interview. This was a private family moment that someone caught on camera. It's awesome. Loved it. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, this has, been, this has been good for me just to kind of have a platform, just to talk, just to kind of talk through some stuff, and it's been a lot of fun. Is there anything else you guys want to say? I mean, is there anything else someone who's listening that you want like a last message you want to leave with them or a last memory about Kobe. And then after that, I think it's kind of cool. We found a video of Kobe almost like saying a goodbye. And that's what we're going to end the podcast with is him talking. So I'd just be curious, like if you guys could talk to him right now, like he's passed away and you could talk to him right now as he currently is like, what would you say or ask him or what would you talk about? I would talk to him like, what have you learned about storytelling? Like, tell me what are the, what are the top three things that you're working on right now? Cause he always had a plan. <laughs> he always had what he called a menu. Like even in basketball, every off season, there was a specific move or a specific point on the court he was working on. So for me, I would love to know 
what are what what is that thing right now like what what aspect are you working on i think i'd ask him what a six-year plan for the human race was <laughs> no i seriously guarantee he thought like that like how can i make the world a better place like if he was that intentional and in everything else that he did because it does it feels like it, it almost feels like he did have a message you know listen to him talk there is a hundred percent a message right like he 100%. knew he knew his status he knew his reach and you could tell that he wanted to do something with it and i can only imagine that that god needed him and needed his message and this this will make it so it is cemented in all of us you know i i can't even imagine how many dads are being better dads this week you know how uh, it hope it lasts how, well and 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 it won't unfortunately i mean it hopefully it lasts long enough to accomplish what it needs to accomplish and yeah. then hope you know some something else maybe will happen to kind of remind us but i think this one will stick around for a while though because i there's just nobody that's gone like this before at yeah. the at the height of his popularity and so mutually kind of loved and admired um I don't know. I just can't see anybody else having this kind of effect yeah. on on everybody. So, for me, it would be twofold. Uh, first, first thing would just be gratitude. I legit have a, a poster in my office that I designed <laughs> with things. Four things I've learned from Kobe. This was before he passed away. Uh, that I put that up on the wall. So the first thing would be gratitude. And the second thing, I want to talk about parenting. I want to know how do you, how do you push your kids to go and grab, get their dreams without pushing them, without forcing them? Because it, it felt like he was accomplishing that with his own children. It's crazy. He talked about it a lot too. Yeah. Talked about it a lot. I can't help but feel bad for his other daughters a little bit. Absolutely. You know, like it, it's like Gigi had an extra connection, you know? Yeah. Like that's kind of what everybody's talking about is Gigi and, and Kobe. And I think that would be hard, but hopefully, you know, I, we're just looking at it from the outside. So I'm sure they all had the same their personal special connection and, connection and that won't affect them, but it's still gotta be hard. So what else is on your, your four things? So we've got, um, be obsessive. Uh, stay, stay in the, the middle, fear nothing, and what's stay in the middle? You're not too high. You're not too uh, low. Okay. You, you're always, you're always in the middle because when you get desperate, uh, you do things that you wouldn't do when you're you're thinking clearly. So you're in the middle. Right. You're, you're always in the middle. I'm drawing a blank on my fourth. I'll get back to you, Andrew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I mean, for me, like, cause a lot of these podcasts would ask him like, what was that message you want? And it's always like, he wants people to stay curious, curious, find, be genuinely curious about life, about whatever it is you're going after. And then like his definition of greatness, like I said, was you want to inspire someone who's next to you. It's not something that lives and dies with one person, but you inspire a person to inspire a person to inspire a person it's like that lasts forever. It's like that's true greatness. So we're going to end this episode a little bit different. The episode's been different than most. There's actually a video clip of Kobe and he's basically 
kind of leaving some parting guidance, and we felt like it's pretty fitting for kind of this episode. So this video we're going to end the episode with is actually Kobe talking. So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope there is something that you can take away from it that inspires you to be great and love a little bit harder and a little bit deeper. So here comes the video. Enjoy it. Hello, everyone. I'm so sorry I can't be with you tonight. However, I couldn't completely miss the chance to take a moment to share some thoughts with all of you. The lesson I cherish the most is how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, uh, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you, and encouraging you always. Peace.